This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. Hello to everybody listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible today. Today, we're going to be talking about elevating your status. And the little area that we're going into with that is about how to elevate your status and become that known positioned expert in your field through public speaking. And as you know, I'm all about how you can get yourself noticed. And it's not necessarily from an egotistical point of view, but from a point of view of how can you affect change and how can that fuel your business? It's never just for that glory and that glamour and that celebrity sake, no matter the fact that you see me prancing around on social media wearing some really cool outfits. It's not all about the ego. And today I'm joined by Danny Wallace, who helps people in both the corporate and the small business sectors to elevate their statuses by nailing what their message is, getting it out of their head and being able to talk to other people about what you do, and then taking that further to nail your message in terms of public speaking. So hey, Danny, and welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled. So Danny, I've been seeing Danny around the place because that's how it feels on Facebook. <laughs> I'm like water, I get everywhere. <laughs> we've been around the place, we're, we're connected, we've got lots of friends in common, but we've never spoken before. And actually, we've got quite a few things in common. I love how how much we do have in common. Like even just speaking prior to recording today, just, you know, finding out about, you know, your kids and finding out about the way that you you share your message through, through podcasting and audio is just, for me, it's so aligned, it's so congruent. I'm like, girl, we're like, soul sisters I love it so let's let's do this conversation today so the other things we've got in common we've both got three children two Mm -hmm. of which are similar ages and we both come from a performing background we do so so Danny tell us a little bit about you and what's led you to doing what you do now so my main business is that I'm a public speaking coach so I help particularly women in business although I'm an inclusive brand so I work with anybody but you attract what what you are you tend to I help them share their business and mission message so they can reach more people and earn more money now I didn't always do this I was a performer and I used performing from a young age to kind of escape where where I grew up, I grew up on the council states of Preston. We were on the breadline. Things were difficult. My family life was pretty chaotic. So I essentially ran away with the circus, although it wasn't the circus. I got on a plane and went and performed at, all over the world in different holiday resorts and uh, different places from Finland to the USA, to the Balearics, to Benidorm and everywhere. Great thing to do in your early 20s, though. You learn a lot about customer service and communication when you're doing that sort of job when you're coming across so many different people but I always had the niggle from home like oh you've got to get a proper job because even though even though I was earning relatively good money I mean I was working a lot of hours in in that role but nobody saw it as a proper job so I came back to the UK to do the proper job thing so I came and back to Preston in in the northwest of England where I live and got a job within corporate worked with some phenomenal global brands because of my ability to communicate. So I originally got a job in a call centre at the time of the rise of the call centre, I guess, sort of around 2006, 2007. And uh, very quickly, they talent managed me 
through their their system because it's easier to bring people up through your business than it is to bring people in. It's much cheaper to do it like that. So what I ended up doing was using all of my performance ability and skills as well as my communication skills to teach boards of directors, managers, people that were on the contact center floor, all different types of skills, strengths-based skills, presentation skills, selling skills, all of this. But it didn't really fill my cup up. So there's a lot of stuff that was happening in my private life. I had a number of sort of tumultuous relationships and I was a victim of domestic violence. I had this kind of duality going on and I came out of corporate to work for myself because it was much easier to do that because you don't have the constricts uh, of having to go to work at certain times particularly when you've got young children yeah absolutely and I had at the time I had two under threes so very very quickly in that really toxic relationship I found myself homeless I was sofa surfing and really hit a really low point and it was during this time when I made a decision either life was going to continue happening to me and that wasn't faring well or I was going to happen to life so I created the I am the queen bee movement so as part of sharing my personal development journey and that was just by going live in my car, getting ready for gigs. I came out of corporate and started singing again. And um, as a way to keep myself safe, because I didn't want to play dressing room roulette anymore, because, I mean, as a performer, you'll know, dressing rooms aren't really dressing rooms for the most part when you're on the road. No, they are, you know, the toilet that you've got to get changed in. (laughs) I I mean, as a performer, there's no glamour at all. (laughs) It looks really glamorous in about anything. 45 minutes, but basically it's a driving job with, with a bit of singing uh, sprinkled in. So I was bored of playing play like dressing room roulette, so I decided to get ready in my car. So I would prop my phone up and talk to people about my personal development journey and the things that I was getting up to, the things that were really like grinding my gears and ended up building a little bit of a, an audience, putting my makeup on and talking to people. Mm-hmm. So I thought there's some legs in this. I wonder if this is something that I can create so we create the I am the queen bee movement we started to do small business events personal development events and then moved into really niching into public speaking and helping people talk about what it is that they do because glossophobia the fear of public speaking is the number one fear in the world and I was like glossophobia is that what it's called glossophobia I didn't know that gosh you come on this podcast and I learned things (laughs) and what I find really interesting is that very often as performers or when we've performed in, in our youth, we have that message that it's not real, that it's not proper, that you're going to fail, that it's not going to work out, that you're not going to earn any money, that you're not going to be taken seriously. And those messages are all around us. And for me, that's a little bit soul crushing for your creativity and your expression of who you are. And that's what a lot of my what a lot of my journey and my own unraveling through personal development has, has been all about because we trap ourselves because the messages we hear around us trap us. And I think that's why your work is particularly important in terms of that public speaking, because it it can start even as simply as introducing yourself at a networking event in those days when people actually left the house. Do you remember those? It feels so long ago. It's been March now for about a year and a half. (laughs) I don't know what happened to June, July and August. No idea. (laughs) Uh, and and I think it's it's interesting now. So many people who I come across in in this kind of public arena that we're in in this online space have a performance background, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have skills, knowledge, understanding, communication, and presentation that are really needed 
and the confidence elements as well. Yeah, absolutely, especially as people are moving into the online space. Yes. So what I've found, I mean, at the time that we're recording this, we are in, well, we're eight months into some degree of lockdown and the necessity for businesses to move online has become very, very real. In fact, you know, the trajectory for businesses to move online has been escalated and sped up to such a, a point now that the internet's just got really noisy and it's really important mm-hmm. if you are wanting your business to go forward to be able to speak about your business in a way that really allows you to pop your head above the parapet and be heard yes. amongst all of the noise now uh, so what, a lot of the work that I've been doing during this time has been about helping businesses not just speak on stage but speak online and like you say even in networking meetings a lot of the big networking groups and what have you have moved their networking meetings online and I know we've all got a little bit of zoom fatigue right now Uh but being able to introduce yourself in a really compelling way is a really good starter for 10 when it comes to public speaking because you only really get between 7 and 13 seconds for people to make their minds up about you anyway when you start communicating so we do a lot of work around introducing yourself we do some work around things like vocal business cards how do you introduce yourself in such a way that's compelling and that stands out I want to take you back a little bit because there's something you said very quickly and brushed over that I think is actually really significant and that is that you were sofa surfing and you had two under three-year-olds and you then started working on personal development and came across concepts you'd never ever thought about and and I think this I do this myself I talk about oh, I was disabled and I was at the lowest ebb in my life and blah 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 actually it's those turning points and those decisions right that depth sometimes is where we grow from sometimes it's where we grow from and I think a lot of people who start businesses or go in a different direction or decide they want to coach or want to build a personal brand. Actually, it's because they have been through something that they don't want anyone else to go through, or they want to reach people who have are in that situation and give them hope, inspiration. And that it's like that message to your past self everything, that it's okay. It's interesting how much everything that I do now is a message to, to past Danny. And the interesting thing as well is that me at that point, so past Danny at that point, was desperate for validation. I was desperate mm-hmm. for a sort of external acknowledgement. And it's only now I can reach back and kind of give her that. Mm-hmm. And I love her fiercely. And, and in that knowledge as well, I also know that future Danny is going to love me fiercely. So I don't seek that external validation anymore as well. I found that quite an interesting part of my journey is that the more that I've worked on myself, the more that I've, yes, was in that really rock bottom moment. I, I was tucking the kids into bed one night and I didn't know if I was kissing them goodbye or goodnight because I just didn't feel like I was giving anybody any value. I wasn't helping anybody. I couldn't seem to make a good decision to save my life. And at that point, I really needed somebody, anybody to say, actually, you have got potential. You are valid in what you do. You are intelligent. You are all these things. You can make a good decision. It's okay. You just need to surround yourself with the right people. And at the time I really wasn't because I didn't know who. How? How or who? Yeah. I relate to that that strongly. And what was 
was it one or was it several moments where the lights felt like they got switched on? What caused that for you? I, there was one pivotal moment. I felt like, I don't know if anybody has felt like out, out there that's listening to this. And I know you have. I've heard your story, Anna, and it's incredible. But I was on such a sort of a downward trajectory. It was a spiral. Mm-hmm. I almost couldn't keep up with how bad things were getting. Yes. I, I was I was rolling with punches and I just couldn't see from where they were coming anymore. I was just being knocked and in, in the flotsam and the jetsam of the sea. I was being tossed around. And it was, it was... A time when I was um, I was doing two nights out of London. I was working out in North Acton. I was doing two days in Preston and a day in Warrington. So I was here, there and everywhere. And my family were like looking after my kids. So they'd stay at my mum's for a few nights. They'd stay mm-hmm. at my sister's for a few nights. And then we'd stay at friends. And um, it really was one of the times when I was just, I was just leaving again to go to London again. And I was leaving my kids again. And also they were in nursery from half past seven in the morning to half past six at night because it was the only structure and normality that I could give them. And I was just leaving. I took them into bed. I came out, sat in the car and I just cried. I, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired. And also something has to just stop. And it really was that moment that made me think, right, okay, I've got to take some ownership for this because I've got to take responsibility my actions dictate my outcomes I say this to my kids they hate me saying it to them now what do your actions dictate my outcomes but my actions were dictating my outcomes so whether I was wearing my victim like a badge like a badge of honor and I was feeling sorry for myself that was perpetuating things it was allow I was allowing myself to make poor Mm -hmm. decisions actually by in that moment, deciding that I get to choose my next steps going forward. I get to choose whether to stay in corporate. I get to choose, you know, how long I look after my kids for and who looks after my kids. It's, I get to choose to ask for help. Just it, recognizing that you have that choice means you're no longer stuck. Oh, it was because the decision to stay brilliant. stuck is a choice at that point. And yeah. once you've seen that, yeah, and it's and it's difficult to those who feel like they are stuck and they can't see a way out. Actually, the second you decide that you get to choose how you put one foot in front of the other, in front of the other, in front of the other, is life-changing and it's so empowering. And it just started to open up people. It started mm-hmm. to open up like, people to me. It started to open up audio books. I'd go search for the information. I'd go and search for people who would overcome adversity leaving because success leaves clues right leaving the like breadcrumb trails so I'd come across people like you Anna people like um Brad Burton who has been a mentor for me people like Lisa Johnson have been mentors for me people that have overcome adversities leaving clues along the way doing what I'm doing now and reaching behind me and going actually I know that there's some things that you can do so that's interesting because you, you talk about following the breadcrumbs and in terms of NLP and neurolinguistic programming, we look at that as modelling excellence. So you you find someone, a role model, and it's not what their polished version is now. That's not it. There's something you admire about that, but it's looking at what have they done or if I was in their shoes, what would I have had to have done to get to a similar point that's right for me? And that for me, in terms of my voice work, certainly initially, that was what I did. I went and looked at, well, who are those people who are earning mega money doing what I do, earning a pittance? And 
Where have they been? Who are they connected to? What have they read? What have they studied? What have they trained in? What has their process been? What's their process been? Because yes, I'm never going to be the same as them because they're always going to be six years ahead of me. But what happens if I start to walk that journey? And for me, it was was actually clawing myself out of self-pity. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and, and what I'm going to say about that is life was pretty shit. So it was okay that I felt self-pity, except that it was destroying me. Yeah. And you and you can unpack there as well. And I think the thing to remember is that you don't actually have to unpack there. You get to release some of that stuff and move on from it lighter. I think that was the thing. I was carrying around this heavy burden of my past, of my dad mm-hmm. and my chaotic upbringing and the money mindset issues that we had and all of this. And I didn't realize that, yes, it was it was okay to feel all of those things, like sad and angry. And But if it wasn't serving me, I had to start putting it down and allowing myself to be free of it and forgiving it. And, and to be just, something else. Yeah, absolutely. So all of this then, Danny, for people... I imagine that this forms quite a lot of what you talk about in coaching people in public speaking. So for people who feel that they want to tell their story for whatever reason, what would you say are the important things to consider? Because often there's a real vulnerability in talking about the the rubbish stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. And yet that's how we connect. Yeah. So so when I'm teaching people how to construct talks, so when I'm doing sort of the systems bit and not the, the mindset bit, people are always seeking to connect always seeking to connect and it's all well and good you having lots of information to give people I'm sure it's very very valuable but the first thing that people want to know is why do you care why do you give monkeys about what it is that you're talking about so the bit that is a most difficult to tap into that is most difficult to connect to for yourself because sometimes you've got to do a little bit of digging around work to work out why is it that you do what you do what boiled you up inside so much that you felt like you really needed to be on this journey and share this information with people. It's like Keith Lemon on on Celebrity Juice when he goes, what's the message? Like, what's the point? Why do you give a stuff about what it is that you're saying? If you could share that first and then bring the value later, people are absolutely bought bought in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's true with everything. And in fact, today, before we started this podcast episode, we had, I said to you, right, we're, we're going to have a chat about everything. We're going all around the houses because I like a good natter. <laughs> but we have to make sure we hook people in. So what's the hook? What's the hook we're talking about here? Because if you don't have a hook in putting yourself and your business out there or your story on so on, on social media or on stage, yeah. no one's going to listen. Yeah, Nobody you're just cares. huffing and puffing and saying nothing. You're just like, you're just flapping your gums and, and you might... it's very easy to feel quite self-important when you're talking. You think, oh, I've got an audience. It's brilliant. Lots of people do this. Or if people start to want to share their stories before they've done some healing as well, that can be quite difficult for an audience to hear and also for the speaker to share. So I do a lot of work with people who do want to share inspirational, motivational stories. Mm. They come to me, Danny, I want to be a motivational speaker. That's brilliant. But have you done the healing work in Are order you ready? for you to give value? Yeah. Don't, I always say, well, don't, don't share from the bleeding open wound. Yeah. Share from the scar, not the wound. Yeah. Absolutely. Share when you've moved past it yourself. Yeah. And so what, when, when you work with people, 
and you get them to the core of of what it is they want to share what mm-hmm. difference do you see it's almost like a light bulb goes off because then all of a sudden their wish to speak becomes magnetic you know i was saying to you about glossophobia being the number one fear in the world like above sharks and heights and spiders and all of this sort of stuff once they really connect with that suddenly they can't wait to share their message suddenly mm. some of those confidence feelings that they may have been feeling before suddenly start to melt away because they are so connected to what they're saying. It becomes magnetic, not just to them, but then to an audience as well. There's real light bulb moments that happen when you find the bit of your story that is the you, the essence of you and your message. It's, it is phenomenal when that happens. And I think, I think one of the things I've experienced is that it's not just about what's important about your story for you and your own transformation, but what that means for other people. Yeah. Because when you realise that it's, you're not, you're, you're never getting on a stage. Yes, it elevates your status. Yes, it helps your ego. Yes, it helps build your income and all of those things. Mm-hmm. But nobody chooses to get on stage just for themselves. Yeah. Because why would we do that? Actually, behind it is a reason we want to tell that story in the first place. Mm. And there's usually something that's much deeper. Uh, and what's what's curious for me is that coming, you know, I decided age five, I was going to be an actor and that was the only thing for me. I was going to be on stage. And when people used to say, for me, it wasn't singing. I'm not a singer. But when people used to say, it's not about the actor, it's about the play. I used to think, no. No, it's about me. You guys want to be spotlight. <laughs> and I don't want to play Spearholder number 27. I want the lead. The secretary was, from the left. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, it's been interesting for me as I went through as I went through massive growth mm-hmm. from the depths of just utter despair. Is that I yeah. realized that actually what was powerful about what I'd been through was that it wasn't about me anymore. And that I went from this, I talked several times there about ego. I went from this place where it was all about me, 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 to going. And actually when I was in that place, because it was all about me, I actually found it very hard to speak publicly. I could do it because I'm an actor, to speak publicly without a script. Right. Like it would eat me up and I'd I'd do it, but I'd be flushed and I'd be uncomfortable. But now when I think about, I can't wait to go on stages. I can't wait to do my podcast because it's about, well, what can I share with you that could be that catalyst of change for you, wherever you are? And that's the, that's it. That is it. It's it, the the reason why you're speaking is your gift. It's funny. I was on I was on the Voice in 2015, 14, 15, and when I say I was on the Voice, blinking you miss me. They didn't end up showing me. It's a long story, but I was on the day of filming. It was they'd filled up all their spaces, but they still let you sing. So I sang, and it was for Will I Am and Rita Ora and Tom Jones and Ricky Wilson, who is just as hot in real life. I might add. So I sang and I sang and I gave it all my beans and they didn't turn around. They weren't able to turn around. So this is it. I'm thinking for, for being a performer, reality television and things like the X Factor and The Voice were your key. If you were a singer, particularly, if you got on these shows, that's it. You had it made. In fact, for the most part, unless you went to want, unless you were in the musician circles, it was your only in into the music industry. It's very hard. It's a very hard industry to break. So I'm stood on the stage with this sort of lifelong me telling myself, everybody around me telling me, oh, you need to be on X Factor, you need to be on The Voice. They've not turned around. I've like blown my life's opportunity and I'm cragging. So I'm stoically like my eyes are leaking and Will I Am's turned around and at the end, because they all turn around and give you feedback. And, and he says to me, he says, Daniela, you're crying. And I was like, yes, of course I'm crying. 
he said, well, did you do a good job? Do you think you did a good job? And I was like, well, yeah, I gave you everything that I had. I'm really proud of what I've just done. He said, because you're, you've got a gift. He said, you should be a singer. That's right. You, 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 you have this gift that you have and you're stood in front of me crying because four people in the world of 7.5 billion people have said no today but you have a gift and who are you not to give that gift? And that oh. really struck a chord. That like, even now I talk about That's it. That's a regularly. good one, Will I Am. What a quote. Exactly. And, and that was really for me, again, in terms of like understanding why I want to stand on a stage and motivate people and inspire people and help people do the same. It's understanding that Whatever it is that you want to share, that's a gift. Who are you not to give that gift? Do you know the Do you know the Desiderata? No, I'm sure it's from Desiderata. Um, it, going to paraphrase. I'm sure I'm not going to get it 100 right, but it's it. The sentence goes: Who are you not to be talented, fabulous, gorgeous, brilliant? You yes. are a child of the universe as much as the trees, the stars. Your playing small does not serve the world, and it, it goes on. But it's I'm sure it's Desiderata. It's either Desiderata or Marianne Williamson. I can't remember. And what it is, I'm here for it. So good. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I've got it. I, actually, it was read at our wedding, and I've got a copy of it on the wall. So I'm gonna go and screenshot it later, and just I'll send it to you I'll just to it. check if it was Desiderata. But that's the thing, isn't it? Why should we say small? Why should we not tell our story? Why yeah. not, should we not speak our truth? Because we're here for such a short space of time. And if you've, if in sharing your story, that could be somebody else's survival guide or somebody else's guide to becoming an their even, breadcrumb. Yeah, yeah, their breadcrumb and it helps them move along. So they don't have to fight as hard, actually. Everyone gets there quicker. And there's space for everybody in success. There's space for everybody in wealth. It's just finding your way to it. So we talked... At the beginning, I said we were going to be talking about how to elevate your status through public speaking. Why does it matter whether you elevate your status or not? Well, if you've got a gift to give, if you've got a message to give, the more people that receive it, the better, right? The more people who you can like give yourself access to, the better. So when you're when you have this incredible gift, if you are positioned as the expert in your field, then more people are going to want to talk to you about that. The gift with which you want to, you know, bestow upon the world is part of your talks become part of your legacy. Your message becomes part of the way that you can leave the world a better place than which you found it. So by elevating your status, you get to reach more people with that gift. Like again, and then you can have impact. Exactly. And we, I talk about, you know, impact influence income, where you can improve your own life if you have income. You can improve many more people's lives if you have more income. Mm-hmm. You can, and not just your family, but the people you can reach through marketing, through growing your business, through events that you hold, influence. Well, actually, the more you elevate your status, the more people know about you, recommend you, refer you, opportunities come, you get invited to be on podcast even though you've not spoken to each other before (laughs) and all of that stuff happens so yes it can feel mechanical but actually behind it lies this thing this thing about gift purpose connection yeah and I think that's one of the reasons why I mean for me particularly for my business when I really started to flesh out I am the queen bee what that business was going to look like in that model because it was so driven with purpose Mm. that is why it's only taken you know 18 months two years what would not what would have taken me if I'd have just been in a job maybe 10 20 years to achieve yeah absolutely and I think it's that decision that I'm committed to this it's the same with the whole get visible thing so my book came out not even a year ago I started talking about that I used to talk about getting noticed I hadn't really come up with that phrase until you know just over a year ago and how quickly because I stepped into that and I owned it and I went with it and it's the same with podcasting with impact 
it doesn't take that long to tell that story and for the ripple effect to happen. Yeah. So I've got a question for you, which is, given that you know you have a gift around singing, mm-hmm. how do you feel that right now your business is not around singing? I think when singing is, a, is an outlet for me, a creative outlet. And it's funny, I was talking to one of my really good friends about this the other day, about people refining creative outlets. Actually, for me, this whole not being able to sing has allowed me to find the passion in singing again. So when I was gigging regularly, because I have set sets, I'm singing, you know, I don't know, Al Green or I'm it becomes a job. Yeah, it becomes a job. I'm singing the same things every night because I know what works. I know how to read an audience. I mean, I have hundreds of songs, but still I know what sets work. Whereas actually now when I sing, I'm singing again in the kitchen. I've almost come full circle. I was sad. 10 years ago that the only place that I was singing in the kitchen was in the kitchen. Then I spent 10 years singing my shoulda, coulda, wouldas for the whole world, you know, <laughs> like up and down the country and across the world every single weekend, in and out, in and out, in and out. And I stopped singing the things that really lit me up. Whereas now when I sing, I sing because I want to. I sing because I'm singing the songs that evoke emotion in me again. And I've actually found a newfound love of it. It helps that that speaking is performance. It helps that being on stage is performance. And that feeds the bit of me that wants the applause because there is a little bit of you yeah, as a of course, performer you're a that performer. wants that. Of course. It's exactly, darling. This so is why I love launching people's podcasts because I get terribly excited that we, <laughs> it's show week. Exactly, <laughs> exactly that. So I love t- challenges because it's show week. Yes, yes. So, so what would you say then, Danny, for someone who is really wanting to learn how to get this message out there and share their story, what would your three pieces of advice be? So one is to have a really clear outcome for whenever you open your mouth about your business, have a really clear idea of where you want your audience to end up with you. So if you imagine that your talk is a vehicle, like a bus, or if if you're posh, a limousine, I don't know, but you're the driver of that vehicle. So your talk is your vehicle and you're the driver. You get to choose the destination and also you get to invite people to come on to that vehicle with you so when you have people on that vehicle it's absolutely no point in you meandering around all about the streets and houses it's really important that you have somewhere that you're taking them to so my first piece of advice is absolutely have a destination for your talk have some sort of call to action doesn't have to be selling but have an action that your audience will need to take off of the back of you speaking to them so that they can then implement some of what you've shared with them so that's my tip number one Tip number two is get really big before you do, and I don't mean like eat loads of pizza. I mean, make your body big in terms of before you are doing something, anything that you're scared of. And and Amy Cuddy does an incredible TED talk around this about power posing, but I I live my nervous life by this. Uh, But by holding your arms out, by broadening your shoulders, by standing up straight, listening to some really banging music before you do something that you're scared of actually elevates your energy and allows you to deliver in a way Way that is that is much more energetic, much more engaging. So power posing would be my tip number two. And tip number three is be shameless about sharing your message. And when I say be shameless about sharing your message, remember that it is your gift to give and who are you not to share it. So when you have opportunities that land in your lap, don't say no because you're scared. When you know there are opportunities out there, ask 
the person. So it would have only been a matter of time, probably within the next couple of weeks, Anna, that I would have been saying to you, Anna, can I be on your podcast, please? It turns out that we just ended up having a conversation that brought us here. But actually, I go seeking opportunities to speak. I go seeking opportunities to share my message as opposed to waiting for those opportunities to sit in my lap. Same here. Well, that's great advice. And if anyone wants to come find you, Danny, what's the best place? They can find me. I go live every single morning. By the time uh, this podcast goes out, it'll be 9.30 every morning on the Queen Bee Daddy page on Facebook for the show at Wise Up, Rise Up show. So it's my visual representation, I guess, of a podcast. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> You'll like, have a podcast scene, Danny. Know, You're know, in my I've world. I know. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so what I do is I I interview, so I share what I'm getting up to. Uh, We've got loads of exciting things coming up. I'm launching the Flying Away Foundation to help survivors of domestic violence access business services and support so they can build their own businesses too. So we're launching that later on this year and we talk about that as part of the show at Wise Up Rise Up show. So you can find me, the Queen Bee Danny, all over the socials. Okay, amazing Danny. And those of you who are listening, if you know you've got a message to share, I'm just going to remind you that right now the podcast membership is open for a limited time. So if you want to make sure you get your message to the masses, podcast to your people, because you never know whose life it could change. So go find out at thepodcastmembership.com and make sure you join us so you get your message out there. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Danny. It's been lovely to talk to you all around the houses about why positioning yourself and getting your message out there really matters. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.